Not bitter, just better. The all-new Everton podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very happy edition of the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. Mr. Johnny Seven here, as always, smiling away with Mark Mach. Yeah, it's been a bit of a crazy week, hasn't it? Lots to talk about this week. Uh, and, yeah, we're going to have a laugh on this podcast, I think. Yeah, many laughs shall be shared. Uh, and Well, you're hopeful. We're not normally funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think... I'm not saying we're going to be funny. I'm just saying the situations and the scenarios that have uh, kind of... Uh, gone about this week have, have been quite comical. I love that, yeah. Both uh, concerning Everton now and uh, certain characters who were in Everton's past. Yes. Um, so we shall. We obviously we've got we've got all our news of the week to come and a look ahead to the Southampton game at the weekend at the end of the show. Biggest game of the season. Are you still going with that? I don't know. Well, it, it still is, isn't it? Really. <laughs> Probably not technically as big as last week's game. Um, the fact that we won means that I suppose still everyone is. Game, I suppose yeah. everyone is. Yeah. Until we get beaten, we're out of it. Then every game's cup final. Yeah, suppose so. Uh, that was so cliche. That wasn't it. Every <laughs> game's a cup final. It's all about cliches, isn't it? Uh, but we will start, as you will be glad to hear, with a look back at the weekend's game, uh, Sunday's visit of Manchester United, the mighty Manchester United, to Goodison Park. Uh, I would actually say not so mighty. As we just talked about last week, though, you know, coming in, we all we all said it would be a very difficult challenge. They're the best away side in the league, uh, all this kind of stuff, and building them up a little bit, didn't we? Somebody did predict a 2-0 victory to Everton, though. Did they? They did, yeah, that was me. Oh, nice one. So there you go. So yeah, you once say again, that. Anyone, anyone who, uh, you know, follows my tips would have won themselves a bit of money, which is probably... Nobody, because I usually get it wrong. You say that, but on the way to the game, you're like, I know, I know, particularly the win here, but I can't see it. I think we're going to get beat. Yeah, I was shit myself at that point. <laughs> the pressure had got to me. I think at that point, though, we'd already watched what we were, uh, we'd already had a game, uh, a day full of footy, hadn't we? We watched. Uh, yeah, so far results. You know, earlier in the day, results hadn't gone well at all for Evan. Had they, of course, um, our delightful neighbours uh, went out and won. Very nervously, you would say, against Norwich earlier in the yeah, morning. Yeah, the shite scraped the results against Norwich to basically, um, well, not really seal the title yet, but... They're still not going to do it. They're still not going to do it. I still have faith. Well, I don't. Do you... Crystal Palace. Just before... Come on, my favourite second we, uh, team. Just before we go on to our, our results, just one little touch. Did you see all that news today about Mourinho who's come out and said he's going to field a second string against them at the weekend? I did. I've seen the team sheet. Apparently it's uh, Dimitri Karin in goal. <laughs> Winston Bogart at left-back. Uh, and Jimmy Floyd Dasselbank starting up front. With Mark Steen. Mark Steen, yeah. Yeah, with that, nice one. Um... So, yeah, I think they're a cert, unfortunately. I think that's a lot so, of rubbish. Holidays, I, holidays booked. I May. think Mourinho will put out a full-strength team. He's just playing with them. Hopefully. Um, anyway, back to the Mighty Blues. Um, well, no, we haven't finished talking about the day on, on oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so And the then followed that, then Arsenal went and absolutely destroyed Hull. Yeah, the, the news that we all Evertonians were looking forward to was Jelovic managed to start... And didn't really do much else. Did no, he? looked looked exactly like had, the Jelovic of uh, old Akkudasan. He had one decent uh, t- uh, effort on the turn, which uh, was turned around the post. And uh, there was one highlight in the match for some Evertonians, although I wasn't particularly happy about this. But uh, Arteta was involved in a little bit of a uh, 
challenge where he, he lost the tooth, didn't he? The tooth went flying. Um, so, oh, well. So I think, oh, well. I think, we, you know, that's karma's a bit of a bitch, really, isn't it? Um, but, you know, hopefully that can be the end of uh, the Arteta hating. He's got a little bit of payback. And possibly we might even see him again. I've got this in a bit sooner rather than later, yeah, well. but we'll cover that in the news. Um, so, yeah, by the time kick-off for Everton United had rolled around, um, the results hadn't gone well for us that day, and it seemed like it might be a day uh, to forget rather than to remember and how wrong we were. Just setting that up, because it was uh, two game, two early kickoffs. we got to players and there was already like games underway. Although Paul turned, uh, turned the Liverpool game off, didn't he? After, he did, when yeah. they went 2 0 up. We weren't allowed put, to watch it. Put it back later on um, when, when uh, Norris were trying to come back into it. But because people were on the ale early on watching it, the song started to come in quite early on, didn't he? And the atmosphere in players. Yeah, you could tell very early and on. Even the walking afternoon. up to the game, walking up the street, there were sing songs in the street, all of Roberto had a dream and Ali Ali who's all all the way up there, wasn't there? You could tell very early on in the day that it was going to be a red hot atmosphere, couldn't it? And everyone was up for the game. And as you say, uh, Roberto had a dream, which is the song we played before the title music today on the podcast. Um Seems to be the new anthem. It was non-stop, actually. But you know what? I I think I told you this the other day. When I first saw that, you know, I, I heard it, you know, like around and stuff. You know, you you, you pick up bits and, and at the game, obviously. And um, but the school of science is on its way back you, straight you, away. You yeah, always I hear that, that. That's that's good. That I like that's that. Boss, yeah. But the, when you when you saw the actual other lyrics on on paper. Um, the had no money, so we signed some players on loan. It makes no sense and looks like, stupid. It, lo- it does look stupid, but it's boss. Yeah, it, it is a great. It song. Is, it's a great line. And what what's your vote with Ross in attack or we're boss in attack? With Ross in attack, I like with Ross in attack as well. Yeah, definitely. it's it's a little bit more universal than we're boss in attack, isn't it? Do you think? Yeah, definitely. Anyway. So obviously that was booming all around the ground, um, and we got there and. Th- we saw the team, and the team was, uh, you know, fairly attacking, wasn't it? Lukaku seemed to be starting out on the right again, a la his position in the Arsenal game. It appeared that Naismith will play through the middle. Again, like the Arsenal game? Just like the Arsenal game. In fact, was it pretty, pretty much the same as the Arsenal game? Same. I can't remember what the full lineup was, but I think <laughs> eventually it, it was I think it was Osman, and Osman went off, wasn't it, and Barkley? So it was yeah, the, so we so started the... with Morales, Barkley, and, and Lukaku, you would say, in the three attacking midfield roles with Naismith up top yes but there was quite a bit of interchange through the game yeah uh, basically because of the the way we decided to play against United which was uh, certainly on the counter attack pretty much yeah um, from from on reflection on the game you know we're just going to talk about bits of the game you know they had something like 60 61-62% possession which is like quite it's, it's unheard of against us really um, Only but, because we allowed them to play. Yeah, that exactly. Way, and you know, they had. I think Mata must have had the ball out of the ninety minutes. He must have had the ball around the box or in, be- in between, like the uh, the centre circle and our penalty area for around sixty-five minutes of that ninety. Possibly. <laughs> and yeah. did zero. Did not. It was just pointless possession. Yeah. So they had they had a better possession, a better pass rate, um, but he didn't have a better score line, did he? I'm just. I'm just. Currently gazing into Roberto Martinez's eyes on Sky Sports News in front of us. Yeah, he likes to tell you, doesn't he? He's such a handsome fellow, isn't he? <laughs> such a handsome chap. Anyway, we digress. So, you know, confidence was quite high, I thought, going into the game generally uh, around the ground. Um, and my confidence seemed to get even higher 
when I realised we had a new signing over by the bench and we brought along the Grim Reaper. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you heard all about this now? Do you know? It, it, I think it's some sort of advertising scam for Paddy Power. Yeah, it's a Paddy Power thing. So we thought it was all like scousers having a, like, you know, a great sense of humour and you know, how funny that was. What it turned out to be was a, a, a Cockney who had been paid 200 quid plus travel, travel expenses to come up by Paddy Power and have a seat paid for as well. And I thought he got booted out, but we have been um, reassured that he wasn't booted out. He was just told to go to the toilets and... Um, derobe. Derobe and put his side away. But it was quite amusing and amused us, didn't it? It was. Every time David Moyes stood up, the Grim Reaper stood up and, like, waved his side at him. That was hilarious. On, on that note about David Moyes standing up, did you notice that when he first came out of the tunnel, he did this thing where he just sort of, like, stood out on his own as if to say, I'm here. Give me what it, you've it got type thing. The word, the word was, uh, I'd use is brazen. He walked out, actually walked out onto the pitch. Yeah. When does a manager walk out onto the no, pitch? No, that's what I mean. It was as if to say, all right, get it Give over Give me your with. best shot kind Whatever of thing. Whatever you've got. And I don't know, part of me sort of semi-admires that, really. At least he fronted it. I don't, I mean, to, to be honest, I don't think he got a, a raw deal. I don't think he. Uh, I don't think the, the booze were excessive or anything. I think we had a little bit of a laugh, and you know the, the, the song that was mostly sung on him rather than stuck with Moise. It was Moisey, Moisey, give us a wave, wasn't it? And what's the score? What's the score? And are you yeah. watching? Yeah, so, so. It's, yeah, it's it's all in all in good humour. I thought. Anyway, should we talk about some football now? Yes. Uh, so yeah, as you say, we we played uh, we played a little bit of counter attack. We we uh, I thought you were going to mention our other new signing. Um, who was wearing red that day and also happened to be cam- captaining uh, Man U, Wayne Rooney. The triumphant to... return to Wayne Rooney to yeah. the Everton ranks. He was terrible, wasn't he? What was he, he on? It was, it's like he wasn't interested. There was a couple of times as well where he, he broke forward and just miscontrolled the ball at his feet and it looked very suspect <laughs> as if to say, like, eh, maybe I don't want to go through here. <laughs> maybe I don't want to play for this manager. Yeah, so... Um, he, he, looked like, uh, he looked like he fancied us in the Champions League, basically, didn't he? He still got called a fat little knobhead quite a bit <laughs> quite for the street, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, but cheers anyway, Wayne. We'll, uh, we, we, we thank we'll, you for your contributions. We'll, we'll remember that one. That one's in the bank. Um, out of the other players, we, we, t- we talked about Mata being one to watch, and he was because he had the ball for so much. Um, we said about Kagawa being dangerous, did nothing. Pointless possession again. Uh, Nani uh, might as well have been uh, at home, just did nothing. Uh, he started off with Small in it, right back, didn't he? And Evans and Phil Jones in a centre back. Yeah, um, it's just. I mean, you, you you look at that Man United team defensively on paper, and it's just, you know, that's not what we expect. Is that's not what we've become used to with a Man United side, and you know, we tore them apart at times. You know, the, once we had them on the back foot and we were catching them on the counter, Small and looked. Looked awful at times. I thought um, I, the, the first the first real opportunity came for us where uh, I think it was a bit of a cross came in and was deflected out to uh, uh, Barkley just just inside the box and he just flashed at it and it, it, it like went miles over the bar. Uh, another half chance was blocked seemingly by a Man United uh, hand in the box, but we didn't get anything from that one. But there was actually. In total, three handballs. I don't know if you know this. What? I don't know. Didn't yeah, there was there was the one that I think was it Ferdinand where he was having a little bit Ferdinand. of Ferdinand, not Ferdinand, small and sorry. Oh God, I've got, it's like the whole Gibbs and Oxlade Chamberlain thing all over again. Um, yeah, sorry, who was he? Small and yeah, yeah, small and where I think he was having a little bit of a push and a shove, 
Possibly, was it with Morales? I might be wrong. And the ball sort of dropped over and hit him on the arm as well. Yeah, so that was more like, you, you, you don't seem to get those ones anymore. Uh, sometimes you get the block shot ones, but the one that we did get was uh, a pretty daft one, wasn't it? Jones had fell over, Lukaku had made a bit of a burst into the centre and had a bit of a long ranger. And Jones Jones put his hand out to... He had, he had no his, trust in De Gea at all. He got his best Peter Schmeichel impression, didn't he? Really? Yeah. What, what was he doing? Was he just a flailing? Peter Schmeichel impression? Was he flailing? I, I, I don't know. I think he'd he'd sort of lost his balance, uh, and then he just stuck his arm out. He probably seen that the two that had gone before. We didn't get them, and thought this is Clattenburg. This, them, yeah, these, boys, these boys aren't getting anything. But Clattenburg, to all his credit, you know, he, he gave us he gave us it, and um, he did give us a penalty. I couldn't believe it. And upstepped uh, Leighton Baines. <laughs> well, I know everyone says they have complete confidence in Bainesy, and ev- it, was a, it was a terrible penalty. It was. His son had said, apparently, in the game, if you've got a penalty, that, you know, you've gone left, you've gone right, whatever, top corner, bottom corner, you haven't gone down the middle this season. And I don't. I hope he doesn't go down the middle again because. Uh, it he did make. He, he did. He has said that he made his mind up before the game. So, yeah. I mean, I wonder what he would have done if the guy hadn't have died. Would he have still have gone down the middle? Because the guy did go a bit early, and noticed then probably yeah. if he'd have stayed up a bit, yeah, he probably would have saved it with his foot. Because it wasn't a great penalty. Either, it was, it? I think he actually scraped his foot on the it way. Did, in, it did. Yeah. Just get a, a touch off his foot uh, and slightly deflected. But, but um, Baines is the uh, Baines is the leading. Uh, I think the leading percentage. Uh, don't think he's ever missed in a Premier League. Yeah, he's taken thirteen and scored thirteen in a Premier League, so it's you know hundred percent penalties. Obviously, uh, Ricky Lambert's pretty good as well. Isn't I think it? he's only got eleven. In fact, ele- that might be eleven in a Southampton career. Right. Okay. Um, and Letitia got something like eleven, and Gerard Gerard's probably got all fifty. Let's face it. In a game. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, he dispatches the penalty with with a plum. Not really, um, but uh, puts us 1-0 up, and uh, the atmosphere was, was already bouncing, and the majority of gra- uh, the ground was stood up and continued to stay standing, and Roberto had a dream, and what's the score? Or it was all going round the ground, Everton 1-0 up. I think that's exactly what Everton needed, though, really. you know. OK, the, the penalty came in the 28th minute, so we're talking half an hour into the game, but... It, that's still, for as far as Everton goals go, a fairly early goal in the game, isn't it? And it, it really settled us, I thought. Yeah, I mean, it's if, if you it if, allowed us then to really play on the counter attack. Yeah, Man United needs to come out. They had to come on to us then, didn't they? And that's what they did. Yeah. So, uh, and as you as you said, I mean, I think they had a couple of surges into the box, and uh, they possibly could have had a penalty with a bit of a rash challenge by uh, McCarthy, but didn't seem to appeal for it. Um, but I can't really remember much of a chance that they had. No, you're right. I'm racking my brains trying to think of something that was really threatening and can't really think of anything. I think Johnny Evans had a header which he put straight to Howard right before half-time from a corner. Other than that, in the first half, they had zero. They had nothing. Well, while you're talking about right before half-time, uh, obviously in the 43rd minute, we doubled our lead. It was a lovely... Uh, was it was the assist from Coleman? Coleman it was. Through, I mean... Yeah. First half, I thought Coleman was brilliant. He was so good going forward. Um, and obviously, he had the assist for the second goal. A nice little ball through to Morales. Uh, cut in from the right-hand side. It was quite had a decent angle. Well, you know, not a decent angle. I mean, like... It was a, a difficult, a difficult angle, angle, to angle to finish I mean, from, yeah. I mean, De Gea is not a small lad either. And obviously, I think 
the guy was probably slightly at fault for not closing Morales down enough. He gave Morales just enough space, uh, and Morales did exactly what he needed to do, which was to just dispatch it right into yeah, the far side of the net. Swung it across him, didn't he? It was yeah, a, at the really side nice of the finish. net, didn't it? It yeah. was a you know with power, uh, precision, and it was a great finish. Yep. So Blues two 0 up. No looking back from there. Uh, and the crowd at this point were absolutely delirious and you know Goodison was at one of its loudest it's been awesome. I don't think Mick behind us listens to our podcast but then again he doesn't even listen to me when I keep telling him I've got a bad back and he keeps jumping on me back when Everton's scored and sets me back about six months <laughs> after the first goal he's like oh sorry 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 I forgot about your back I'll uh, grab him next time points to the fella next to me and then when Morales scores he grabs me again <laughs> cheers Mick so, uh, by half-time, the Blues go in 2-0, and the only real worrying sign of half-time was just before uh, the full-time whistle, uh, sorry, the half-time whistle got blown. Uh, this dance seemed to pull up slightly. I didn't notice it. Yeah, it was over towards the, the sort of bullen side of the, the goal, Yeah, uh, and then he just seemed to be like holding his thigh and walking off. Uh, and I watched him as he, he walked off fairly gingerly, and pretty much straight away the half-time warm-up, uh, you saw Alcaraz come out on his own, uh, with the fit, one of the fitness coaches and get put through quite a rigorous one-on-one warm-up with one of the fitness coaches. And it, it seemed pretty apparent at that point uh, Alcaraz was getting ready to come on. Yeah, some, just while we're on half-time, we, we had a few, like, regarding that, we um, we had people must have got confirmation of Sky Sports or whatever uh, that the change was happening. We got that quite early on. But just uh, the choice of... Um, the choice of half-time tunes. Do you think somebody in there was having a laugh? We talked about the the first one was Dignity, wasn't it? A ship called Dignity. Dignity by Deacon Blue, it was. And yeah. The second one was Walk Away by Cast. Yeah. So possibly could be Digs of David Moyes. I think they, I think they were. I think they were little little sly ones anyway. Um, and I don't think we had a third song, did we? No, it did, did the PH. Quiet, just, the PH it? died. Yeah, bizarre. Yeah, I think. Do you think Moyes went in and just switched it off and spat his dummy out? Uh, possibly. He, he knows where it is. Let's face it. He's yeah, like, hey, Rossi, and turns it off. Anyway, um, so, so yeah, as you said, uh, Alcaraz comes on uh, for Distan, and the second half gets underway. I must admit, at that point, I thought, hmm, I wonder what way this could go now, because if United come out looking a different side, you know, Alcaraz and Stones haven't played a lot together. Um, so, you know, I was a little bit worried at this point, but it was unfounded, really, because, again, United seemed absolutely toothless. People were critical of the Stones and Alcaraz pairing at centre-back, because I think, on the back of the uh, the away derby performance, where Stones played at right-back and Alcaraz played left-centre. That's that. There's no way you can judge that. I think in the game before, they had a little run together and they played uh, pretty well. The, the thing that worries me about having them both at centre-back is they're both so, 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 so laid back on the ball that they might as well be lying down. They're just, they're just so... They're both football and centre-half, so... Yeah, then, I mean, Stones has got a decent uh, track back and uh, slide and challenge on them, but uh, they're more players rather than tacklers, aren't they? Yeah, they're not like Scott Dan who just wants to head at everything that moves, are they? Or Jags who just he'd, he'd throw his face in front of the ball rather than, you know, then let it go in. Um and he had a bit of an injury scare after about one minute, didn't he? Yeah, it did look like Alcaraz was uh, going to be taken off straight away. I think and at Hib- that point we were a bit worried about seeing Habit. Hib- Habit? Habit? Hibby? At centre-half. Hibber was warming up, he doing was, the yeah. proper run down. Not, not the James McCarthy go long and uh, warm up down there. Warm up like a proper run. Warm up, wasn't it? Not James, 
James McFadden, sorry. The James McFadden 90-minute warm-up yeah. when he used to never get on. Um, don't get me wrong, I love Tony a bit. Tony a bit at centre-back scares the bejesus out of me. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I would have fancied that. Um, uh, five minutes into the second half, uh, United actually had a chance. Did he? Uh, he did, funnily enough, yeah. Uh, Kagawa uh, had a little bit of a half-volley attempt, and I don't know if you remember it, but... Uh, Howard saved it and spilled it slightly and then picked, oh, picked it up. Spilled it, he cushioned it into his own path and, yeah. Yeah, yeah no. it, it was never going to worry Howard to any major extent. Um, and pretty much that's how the whole of the second half went on. Again, I'm struggling to think of anything to tell you other than uh, we continually looked dangerous hitting United on the break. Uh, Morales put in a hell of a shift. Uh, yep. You know, we were breaking... So many times with balls through Morales and Morales just running the players with pace, which is something... Yeah, and when he wasn't, Coleman was. Yeah. Um, Naismith had a couple of decent chances, one where it was a, a running cross from Morales, I think it was, and he, but it was just a little bit too much pace on it and he, he, he right-footed, uh, right-footed it towards the top corner but just too, too much on it. Uh, and then he had another one where there was a breakaway and I think it was Morales, I think it might have been Morales again. No, in fact, it was Coleman made a long break, and he had um, Lukaku to the right of him and Naismith to the left, and he went to Naismith on the left, and Naismith cut inside, un- unleashed a sh- uh, stop towards the bottom corner, and De Gea made a good dive and save, flipped it around the post. So um, it wasn't like we were just sat back and trying to hold this 2-0. We were really going for it still. Yeah, we were. Uh, second change came for the Blues in the 70th minute. Uh, Leon Osman replaced Ross Barkley. Uh, Ross... You could say may not have had his most, you know, influential game, but he, he ran his heart out, no, didn't he? he? Worked hard. I think I think that that change had to come because he, he picked up a booking, didn't he? When I think he uh, I think Smalling went past him in, in the only thing he did in the game, and uh, Ross put his arms around him and held him back and picked up a cheap booking. So I, I think that was necessary because you, you just don't want to take any chances, do you? Exactly. Um, I think. We, we had a, we had another couple of chances, and Man United finally uh, had one clear cut effort, didn't he? Where uh, Mata played a through ball to Rooney, and then Tim Howard, after having virtually nothing to do in the 88th minute, comes to life and uh, just stays big and puts Rooney's shot. Uh, was it behind for a corner? Uh, yeah, it did go behind, yeah. Uh, and then getting into injury time again, Everton were looking comfortable. Seeing out any spells of possession at United had, we made a very late change bringing on McGeady for Morales because, again, worryingly, right at the end of a half, um, it looked like Morales had picked up some sort of strain. He thought it was quite, didn't look much at first. No, did it? I think uh, he'd gone on a uh, bit of a bit of a long run, ended up down to the uh, to the left of the goal in Garda Street, and he, he just didn't seem to move for a long time. And um, you know, and United were breaking away, and he was still lying down there. So it must have been some kind of maybe, maybe a bit of a pull or whatever. I don't have you heard the news since? I know he's out, but yeah, it's a groin strain apparently. Strain, yeah. So, so that's you know that's probably due to ninety minutes of like running constantly, constantly yeah, putting yeah. in his hardest shift of the season. So McGeady came on for Morales. Morales did a long walk back to the tunnel, getting. A stand innovation from all the Evertonians. Which, for not as many games as we would like this season, uh, we, but it was much deserved that game, wasn't it? Yeah, this was the sort of form I was expecting to see him in for the majority of the season when, when the campaign started. Um, I would say 
by the high standards I was setting for him, he's possibly been a little bit disappointing this season. But you know, this was one of those games where it really showed what an impact he can have on the he game. He took the piss a bit, didn't he? You and know, he, you know, he that... did. And when he runs at people at pace, you know, with it, with a purpose. Um, He's, he's threatening, isn't he? I mean, there's, there's no more you can say about it. He, he seems to have lost that out of his game, and whether he's just trying to be a little bit more careful, I don't know. I think playing on the counter attack really does suit him. Whereas when we're in, when we're playing our usual possession game, and there's a slow build up, and then it gets played out to him on the wing, and you know the the two banks of four have been allowed to settle, and there's defenders around him, and there's not a lot of space. Uh, maybe he doesn't quite have. You know, as much of an impact under those circumstances, but when he's got pitch in front of him and he can get down and he can run, you know, both him and Coleman, superb. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and talking about those, uh, oh, so just a little bit on. Um, you don't watch matches there or anything like that. You watch goals on Sunday, don't you? Generally, yeah. I can't stand the, the Liverpool bias that match of the day generally tends to but, have. Just talking about, and we 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 don't get to see this as much because I mean. You, you, but they talked about Morales' tracking back and our, our attacking players tracking back. And we wouldn't have thought that about Morales until this was highlighted about how bad United were at it and how bad Nani was when we were breaking and yeah. Nani was still stood up on the halfway line. Yeah. And it, it showed how often Morales... It might not have been a full sprint, but he was getting back in position and he was getting back behind the ball. And, um, yeah, I, I, you know, he was one of many contenders for uh, Man of the Match. He was, yeah. I mean, you can go, again, similar to the Arsenal game a couple of weeks prior, you can go through the whole team and, and you know, most players had a good game, if not an excellent game. Uh, I Morales is my choice for man of the match this week. I thought the impact he had on the game uh, was unmatched by anyone else on the field. Um, probably a close second to be Coleman and then, again, James McCarthy I thought I, was everywhere. I think Sky Sports gave it to Coleman. Uh, McCarthy is just—he's just a superstar, and he just showed in that game what we were missing in that Palace game completely. Because he just—he just—he's like a little little um, Jack Russell, isn't he? Just chasing after the ball and like chasing chasing after every ball. I think he he's a bit Irish terrier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give him that. Should we have that instead? Yeah, and but he's got a good touch on it as well on, on him as well, and uh, you know he, when he gets the ball, he, he looks forward. And it's difficult to look beyond him in nearly every game we played this season as man of the match. So I, I was one of those people who, when we signed him for twelve million, I thought we've overpaid for him. You know, okay, seven or eight million happy days, but twelve million we've overpaid for him. I think we got an absolute steal. When, when you consider an absolute bargain of the century. The only thing that's missing from his game, which which makes him, which is good, I suppose, is quite good for us because he's going under the radar a little bit. And if, I think if he had goals in his game, he'd already been. Uh, be, you don't need tough. goals from that position, though. If he had goals in his game, then we'd probably start messing about and putting him off the striker like we used to with Fellaini or, or whoever else. Um, that's not what he's what he's there to do. He's not there to. Nope. I know he's a midfielder, but he's not there to score goals. And I I quite like that. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. No, he, he's 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 probably more like you know. In in, in in more like a position in the team, I don't mean playing-wise, but like a Claude Makélélé f- from a few years ago with Chelsea. He, in that whole, they don't need goals from him. They have goals from everyone else on the side. You know, or the forwards. The forwards do their job, or the wingers, or, and the attacking midfielders get the goals. I'm saying that if he did get goals, he would already be being linked with 
you know, multi, multi, multi million pound moves to everyone. Whereas at the moment he's kind of going under the radar, and we know how good he is, but I don't think other teams do until they get kicked off the park by him. Yeah, not in a not in a, in a roughhouse sense, just in a he puts that shift in every single game. And as you say, when you compare McCarthy's commitment to the commitment of the likes of Nanny, uh, and you know even Rooney in that game, uh, you know they were oceans apart, and it it soon became quite apparent as to why uh, maybe there was that lack of effort. Um, but I think we're going to talk a bit more about that in the news section, aren't we? Yeah, um, just talking about that little, you know, that little, uh, that little bit of uh, like interplay there. Rooney actually uh, crashed into McCarthy, didn't he? And McCarthy was down for a little while, but managed to shake it off. And I think play went. Uh, he went down. I think it might have actually led to the second goal when we broke away and Clattenberg called Rooney over, and it was quite a hefty challenge, but didn't book him even though he'd booked, um, booked Barkley or something, which was far less. So, I seen anyway. a little something going into the game. It was one of the one of the websites, or possibly even Sky Sports, had tried to do, on this season's form, a combined team out of the two sides. And the only player... It was Neville Southall. Was it Neville Southall? It was Neville Southall who'd written a column for Paddy Power. Right, OK. And the only player who got in the Everton side from Man United was Rooney, just behind Lukaku. Yeah. Um, looking at that game... I wouldn't have had Rooney in it. No, you'd have Naismith in that. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. You wouldn't have had any of them in it. No, I, I think it was based on players. I mean, you had Jagielka in rather than Stones. Uh, I think if you're talking about Robin Van Persie being fit, I think you're talking a different, you know, this season, you're talking a different issue. I think maybe he's up top. No, on, pa- on paper, obviously, Van Persie, Rooney and Mata, to say, if you said to somebody who hasn't watched two sides this season, uh, you know, those three wouldn't get in the Everton team. They'd probably wet themselves and laugh at you. But this season, those three wouldn't get in the Everton team on form. No. Um, so, yeah, so... Anyway, it was a nice little uh, 2-0 victory. And I thought this after the game, I think I said it to Steve, I'm not sure if I said it to you. I thought that game was easier than the Arsenal game, despite us playing like Brazil against Arsenal. No, I did. It was far more comfortable. It was just We didn't have to raise our game that much, did we? There were times in the Arsenal game where we were under pressure and we thought Arsenal would score. At no time in that United game did I see United scoring. No, only I mean that, that Rooney chance, but you know it was it was over. It was like a blink. It wasn't sustained pressure, was it? it was no, just... even then, you know, I didn't feel like we were going to concede at any point. Um, and what more can you ask for? So, Arsenal did their bit earlier on in the day. Uh, we did our bit. So, the race is still on. Still a point behind. Still a point behind. Three games left to go. And uh, anything else I you want to add? I can see them dropping points. I can see it. You've just we only need them to draw one and we keep winning. The, the, the thing is now is their talisman for the season is back and he scored uh, Ramsey. He's been, if Ramsey wasn't injured, I think they might still be challenging. Yeah, and going into the games we've got left, obviously, the, you know, the... City game in particular, Morales and Distan potentially could be a big loss. Yeah, well, Morales definitely, Distan is out for Southampton game, which we'll talk about later. Um, yeah, but, you know, the players who are coming in are going to do a job. So, I've, I saw something uh, in, I think it was one of the, the, the Echo articles, um, Roberto has said that this is the toughest three games you could possibly have had, and I haven't I haven't looked into the reasoning. But I just want to talk about the reason a little bit. What do you think his reasoning could be? The toughest three games we could have had, I would say, the toughest three games we could have had were probably uh, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Man City away. So 
they're probably the three toughest games you could have had. Um, I think Southam- it's Southampton away, a tough place to go to. Long journey. Southampton are playing well. Early kickoff. The only thing is, you know, I would have worried about this game a lot more two months ago. Southampton have dropped away a little bit, haven't they? You know, they haven't really got anything to play for. They've already seen Rodriguez go down and miss a World Cup. So Lalana and Lambert are probably thinking, you know, 80% from now on to the end of the season. I hope so. I would suggest they probably are. Um, so I can't see... We're obviously going to preview this in a little bit and I've done half the preview already. But um, I think we can definitely get seven points from the three remaining games and I think nine points is not beyond us. Well, just talking about, you know, again, as you said, we're going to talk about these a little bit more. I'm just talking about in terms of difficulty. You've got Man City, who've still got an outside chance of winning the league, and then you've got whole last game of the season, who will all be looking ahead, looking to book their FA Cup final place. Yeah, Hull have obviously got an FA Cup, but and hopefully they should the be. Way. They're not that can work the other way, where they don't want to risk their FA Cup place, you know, so... yeah. So I, I anyway, see, I can see what he's saying, but that's you know that's Man United game wrapped up. We went back to players. We were singing non-stop. Roberto had the do. I had no voice whatsoever on yeah. Monday, none. Uh, and uh, a good time was had by all or most. Well, by nearly everybody, yeah. uh, and a bad day got very much worse the next day. So we're going to go into our new section, or as we rechristened it this week, uh, the Moyes section, I believe. Yeah, well, we've got. Uh, we'll probably touch on There's that. There's other things, bits yeah. and bobs, isn't it? Yeah, back in a sec with the news, anyway. News! Right, you scuppered my list for the news here by uh, saying that about Moyes, because I had. Uh, we were going to talk about Delafeu first, but. Oh, we've got to talk about Moyes first. Yeah, I mean, loads of people are probably sick to the back teeth about seeing the funny Moyes pictures and stuff like that. But then loads of people just aren't, and they keep on keep on posting and all stuff about Moyes and gigs being in charge and play, playing away and all that kind of stuff. And it's just funny. You've ruined half your material here in the, in the little introduction, bit. Yeah, sorry. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, which I'm sure is zero people, because uh, Sky Sports have had an utter wank fest over it for the last couple of days. Uh, and so is every newspaper under the sun. Uh, following the Everton game, uh, David Moyes was sacked as manager of Man United. This, this is a funny one because it wasn't just after that, right? It was, and I was out on Monday. Uh, everybody knew on the Monday. Everybody knew on the Monday, yeah, except uh, for David Moyes, apparently. Yeah, and apparently the reason behind this was because the stock market didn't open until Tuesday, and so they couldn't make the announcements until then. For some reason, I don't know how that works out. Well, obviously, it was a bank holiday weekend in England for anyone who wasn't listening. So, uh, generally, I don't know whether you know football clubs have a bank holiday Monday off, but I would imagine if they played on a Sunday, possibly they might do, uh, and that's why David Moyes wasn't there to be told. Uh, however, since this is all broke, you know, there's been a number of conflicting reports, but I'm led to believe that Moyes knew he was sacked before the game at Goodison. Well, that doesn't make I don't know. Maybe what was it dependent on the result though? Because the result guaranteed that they couldn't make Champions League. That that's not what I've heard. I, I, you know, I've been told that he picked a team going into the weekend on either the Friday or the Saturday. Uh, the team was posted at United's ground. 
uh, and a number of players refused to play. Uh, that's apparently that's that's. I mean, I think that's whether this is rumor. Uh, apparently, Danny Welbeck refused to play. Um, and well, it's normally the other way around, isn't it? He normally gets refused to play. Yeah, um, <laughs> and also rumor has it that sometime earlier in the week, uh, Robin Van Persie had gone over Moyes' head and had gone straight to a direct meeting with the Glazer family. Uh, and said that unless Moyes goes, he'll be handed in a transfer request. I mean, whether this is all speculation... Yeah, all kinds of things going to come know, out, but, but I, don't, this, I, don't, I don't believe that. This is what... What I do know as a fact is I've actually spoke to somebody, and this is genuine, who was sat on... They are connected to Everton Football Club. However, they were sat on the Man United bench during the game. And he was sat directly behind Marouane Fellaini and Lindegaard. Uh, and all the way through the game, a number of the Man United players on the bench were continually criticising Moyes. I've heard a few things as well where uh, a, a lot of people associated with the club uh, have been have been laughing about him behind his back as well, even during his whole reign. Um, so he's just he's not been a very popular figure apparently. Well, so anyway, there you go. So uh, obviously that was the news. It broke officially on the Tuesday morning. Yeah. Uh, and Moyes had gone, and he's now been replaced by Ryan Giggs with Paul Scholes as his assistant and a backroom staff of Phil Neville and Nicky Butt. Just before we go, we move on from the actual like the actual game side of it, and it, just after our game, you came over to me and played, didn't you? You said apparently uh, Phil Neville had walked. That was that came out, and I don't know where straight that came away. From. That... Initially, though, that was. Dismissed as being from a fake Twitter account. Yeah, a fake Twitter account. But um, I, I don't know whether the fact that Neville's now stayed. Up. Maybe Neville had had some sort of bust up at yeah. Moyes. Uh, you know, sometimes there's the old cliche of "there's no smoke without fire" tends to tends to prove true. Um, so obviously, the the, the class of '92 has uh, now got quite a strong hold over Man United for, for three games. Uh, well, for three games at the moment. Um, but forgetting about them, you know, at the end of the day, David Moyes used to be belong to our club and is an ex-Everton legend, I would go so far as to say. Call me controversial. Um, so I want to concentrate more on Moyes. Uh, we've got to remember now that, you know, Moyes has walked away with a big payoff, but there's other people there, Steve Rand, and in particular for me, Jimmy Lumsden's probably... I feel sorry for job. those three. I feel sorry for Jimmy Round, uh, Steve Round, Jimmy Lumsden and Chris Woods. Steve Round's never been my most favourite of people, however, you know, as I say... He's very highly rated as a He is highly rated and he he gave a number of years to our football club, so we should remember him. I'm sure he's had a decent payoff himself. I'm sure Jimmy Lumsden's had a a, a, a certain level of payoff. However, I'm sure if you'd asked them, they'd rather be working in football than be sat on the backsides at home. So, you know... It's unfortunate, really. I'm, I, I do feel a little bit sorry now for Moyes, I must admit, because I think you've been talking all week about him being handed a, a shitty stick, yeah. was, the, was the term used by Neville Southall and yourself. Uh, and I tend to agree it was a poison chalice, really. Poison chalice, is, uh, that's the exact term I was just thinking then. Uh, and anyone, uh, I think he was stitched up a little bit by Sir Alex Ferguson. Would you say he was the Prince Joffrey of yeah. Man United? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. And he was, yeah. Um, just talking about the, this this payoff, uh, and everyone was thinking he was going to get this six-year payoff, so he was going to be sat on 30 million quid for doing nothing. They had the foresight to see 
uh, and put in his contract that if he failed to qualify for Champions League, the Glazers or you know the, the board, Manchester United board, that if he didn't qualify for Champions League in the first season, he'd be he'd only receive one year's pay. So, yeah, basically, if he didn't hit certain targets, the contract was actually a one-year rolling contract that could be that would have an op- option for renewal or for termination. And that's obviously when that's been become mathematically impossible. Uh, with him failing to beat ourselves, uh, then that's what's happened, and he's been terminated. Yeah, it's funny. It's it's um, it's funny with management, isn't it? Because I I, I I I'm always conflicted about this. It's like when they're sacked, what are they sacked for? And you know why did he get this big payout? They're sacked for not doing the job. What's the job? The job is the day to day running of the club. So if he's sacked for yeah, but when they signed the contract, certain expectations yeah. were replaced, and then they probably signed something to that effect. So this is, this is why my, I'm, I'm conflicted. So he's like, uh, you know, he, he's done his day to day. So he, you know, he gets. Oh yeah, he's turned up every day. He's turned up on time. Yeah. He's kicked a ball around Caddington with some of the, with the players. He's picked teams. He's done his job, but he hasn't met his expectations. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's Moyes, Moyes' history, and I've no doubt he'll be in charge of some some horrible, horrible club like Aston Villa in uh, the very near it's future. It's going to be Aston Villa or Newcastle, Newcastle isn't it? Two Just horrible clubs. Two horrible clubs. Um, I've got a feeling he might go to Germany, you know. I'm, I'm tipping that he'll be the next manager of Bayern Leverkusen. Well, th- this is... Um, the the one that he's been tipped with most, I suppose, who I've just I forgot about just then, uh, who are going to be managerless in the summer, Tottenham, because Tim Sherwood will be stepping down, and he was linked with the, with them before he went to Man U. But do you think he's too? I think I think Tottenham made that mistake after Villa Boas went from Chelsea, they picked him up and he failed. So if they now pick up a Man United cast off and he fails again, I don't think they'll take that risk. I think at the minute. Moyes is going to be a little bit untouchable for a top English Premier League club. Um, you know, Newcastle or Villa, well, possibly, yeah. But I, I think I think the two main options would be Celtic or going to manage in Germany. And I know that Leverkusen are up and about, you know, sort of third, fourth in the German league and they've just got rid of Sammy Hippier as manager. So they are managerless at the moment. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up there. He was linked heavily with Schalke in the past. So... Uh, he has got links to German football, so okay. So as, as we say, that, that is a Moy, it is it's a Moyes thing because he's an Everton old boy. Uh, we don't want to talk, talk too much on it. Well, it's going to have ramifications on Everton, isn't it? You know, this sacking as much as you know, you might think. Well, why are we talking about that on an Everton podcast when he's Man United manager? Uh, let's face it, pretty much every transfer target he's gone for so far, with the exception of Cesc Fabregas, has been an Everton player. Yeah. So now at least we can put to bed all these rumours of Moyes is coming in for Coleman, Moyes is coming in for Jagielka, Moyes is coming in for Barkley. That's not to say that the next Man United manager won't want Seamus Coleman or Ross Barkley, but he probably will have other play- his own players in mind, as most managers yeah, do. Good. For instance, I think Van Gaal's the favourite. Wherever Van Gaal's gone, he's tend to sign Dutch players rather than anyone else. So maybe they'll go for Johnny Eitinger. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, I suppose, a nice little segue going from Moyes and Man United is we have been linked with a trio of Man United players. Uh, in we're getting close to the season, so the transfer uh, gossip has started to heat up a little bit, hasn't it? And that, that trio of players, one that doesn't seem to go away is cleverly. One 
who I think a lot of people would like to see is Hernandez, and one is being talked about as an alternative to Lukaku, and isn't happy at Man U as well, Beck. So what do you think about those three? Let's do this simply to begin with. Yeah. Right. Let's say the name, and we both go yes or no. So, cleverly. Oh, you see, you can't just answer it yes or no. Oh, yes or no. Would you take Tom Cleverly, yes or no? If, if Just one answer, no. One word answer. Undoubtedly, yes for me. Well, I mean, that's, that's two, two words. If we can go to two words, then I could say... Uh, okay, yes, then if that's one word. In yeah. big capital letters. The fee to talk about £8 million, which is nothing. In, so uh, in, he's failed at Man U because of the expectations. He's a good player. Who says he's failed at Man U? Well, he's playing it in a poor Man United side and he's so being he's made to make... A, he's failed. To be a scapegoat. Fellaini's failed. Moyes failed. Well, was, correct me if I'm wrong, but Cleverly was there last year when he won the league. But he's rubbish. He's got a league he's winner's medal. I, I tend to disagree. I think he's made, been made a scapegoat, much like for while the, Liverpool weren't doing very well, Jordan Henderson was made a scapegoat. It's funny suddenly how, once they start playing well, Jordan Henderson's seen as the best player in the world. You've got to remember, Tom Cleverly has played under Martinez before, so Martinez you know, has had... A very good look at him when he had him on loan for a season at Wigan. Cleverly was brilliant in that season when he was at Wigan. Um, so Martinez knows how to get the best out of him. At £8 million, pounds, I think it's an absolute bargain and snapped an hand off. Yeah, well, I mean, I say no no straight away, Just, but thinking about it, you know, if there's, there's other factors, isn't it? The fee is a factor. Depending if we can get him for a decent enough price, but I wouldn't like to see. He's not. I mean, eight million isn't that much, but if you're talking fifteen, twenty million, then you no. Know. I mean, playing at Man United can't be easy, can it? The lads under so much pressure. And like you, like you brought up Fellaini. Fellaini was one of our best players last season. Yeah, he's gone there and he's been rubbish. So we used to say that it can't work around the other way. Whereas a player who's there, who's been rubbish can't come to us and be one of our best players we do well with getting I've said this before players from the top from that little level who are just above us we do well getting those players they might not make it in the top tier of teams you know the top handful of teams but because we're just below that top handful of teams for now those they seem to come in and they might not be able to break through there this, I said this about like possibly Adam Johnson you know you might not have made it at City Gareth Barry you can't make it. You can't make it in those teams. But they come in and slot in. Okay, I think it's harsh to say Gareth Barry didn't make it at City. He was their best player for a couple of seasons when he first went. Yeah, when he went there. Yeah, but now he, he, you know, now that City are Championship challenge, uh, champion, not champion, the Championship, but Premier League uh, title challenges, season in, season out, they don't see a space for Gareth Barry. Whereas a few years ago they were top four challenges, and there was a space for Gareth Barry. Okay, so that's cleverly done. And it was a 50-50 split between us. Right, next one. Welbeck. Yeah. Yes or no? Yeah. You're saying yes? Yeah. Resounding no. I, I, I think he's another one. He, he, if, if he had a, a, run of, uh, a run of the amount of games that Lukaku has had up top uh, for us and not played out right, right on the right wing like Moyes has been playing him or left wing or whatever, then I think he'd get 20 goals a season, no problem. Right. As far as I'm concerned, he's a decent player, I think. I think he's overrated. Uh, I think, you know, I don't think he's the greatest finisher in the world. I think that's what we sat, we need, is a bit more of a finisher. Uh, 
However, the main reason for me being so against it is, and again, this might be believing hype, but if he has refused to play for Moyes, I don't think he should be anywhere near our football club because any player who refuses to play in any I match, don't believe that. I don't believe he's, he's, been, he's refused it. I don't believe that at all. So that's that's my point of view. I think we can do better than Welbeck. Hernandez. Yes. Yes. I, yeah. He's just... He, I mean, maybe, you know, he's super sub for the reason because he, he can't get it, you know, he can't perform for 90 minutes. But he scored consistently whenever he's come on for however many seasons he's been in. Like, I think if we bought Hernandez in the summer and he played the majority of next season, I think he'd easily break 20 goals for us. I think the way we play, I think how many times this season have we seen a ball fired across the box from the likes of Coleman, in particular, Delafeu. Delafeu, that's six, uh, six yards away from the goal line. Hernandez would be on the end of that. He would. That, he would. That, that's he'd his bread and butter. That's his bread and yeah, butter. And we don't have that player who's always sniffing around the box. I'm not saying, you know, don't sign Lukaku and sign Hernandez, but I think, you know, if you, imagine if you'd have both of them and the, the difference in options they, they, the two of them would give you. I'd take Hernandez all day. Yes, okay. So we've got another couple of players we've been linked with. Um, uh, Lorente, don't know, I mean, uh, it could be a pipe dream. Very highly rated in Spain a number of years ago, went over to Italy, don't really know what he's been doing there, in all honesty. I pay very little attention to Italian football, I'll hold my hand up to that because it's boring and crap. And any league where, you know, Kevin Prince Boateng can be one of the best players, just fucking surprises me I think uh, a lot of people have lost interest in the, Itali- in the Italian league since all the corruption the main corruption when Juventus got uh, relegated a few years ago I think since then I think I, I lost interest since then to be I honest. think I lost interest when Gazard and David Platt left <laughs> <laughs> um, one other we've been linked I don't know whether this is link or this is just people wanting, wanting us to go out and splash the cash uh, Lalana, no chance no, I can't. I can't see that. I mean, he's that, a blue. Oh uh, yeah, he's apparently he's a blue. Yeah. So, but you're looking 25, 30 million there, aren't you? Young English player, pot, candidate for player of the year. If he goes anywhere, it's going to be. I think Man U's, United. United's re- rebuilding. Definitely. Process. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you, you know, probably the likes of. I'd say Arsenal are probably going to be sniffing around them. I think at the moment we can probably compete with Arsenal, but. United, Chelsea, I think all the big guns will be after them and I think there'll be he, a bit of he a... Is, he is a tidy player, I mean. He's a tidy player, I think there's going to be a bit of more, especially if he has a decent World Cup. Um, so, I can't see us getting him. No. Uh, I think a few a few uh, months ago, we were, we, all the talk was about possibly picking up Rodriguez, who we were linked with before. He went to Southampton and I think he is more likely once he gets back from his injury. Uh, but still, I don't even think... I don't think it's a, it's a, a doable one. Um, transfer news, I guess. Uh, oh, sorry, one more we've been linked with, uh, which you kind of alluded to in our first section. Uh, Arteta has been linked with a move back to Goodison. I don't know where this has come from. This story is this just utter paper talk? Because I think I think it's the uncertainty around Gareth Barry, isn't it? I think it's that soon unless he signs. Why? Why are Arsenal looking to get rid of Arteta? Well, he hasn't. Apparently, he hasn't settled there. Apparently, like the Arsenal fans just haven't taken to him at all. Have you heard this at all? They just don't rate him. Uh, I, I've seen on Twitter a few times Piers Morgan uh, saying uh, you did a, uh, after after we played him a great performance there for Everton again. Michael he tweeted him or something, didn't he? Piers yeah, Morgan. He's, he's quite vocal anyway. Obnoxious get to the best of times, isn't he? I don't think there's anybody who likes. We Piers haven't done Morgan. our word of the day for a while. What's what's an obnoxious? 
get. What's a get? A get is... I don't know what a get is. It's just like a... A twerp. <laughs> That's another one, isn't no, it? No, it's probably, it's probably a little bit more harsh than that, isn't it? It's probably like a, a sod. sod like a yeah. sod. <laughs> sod. A little sod. These, these a are bastard. <laughs> bastard. <laughs> I say sod and get are like nan insults, aren't they? Yeah. A- like apeth, your daft apeth. It's something your nan would say when she doesn't want to... Ho- s- I'm hoping none of these like, like any, have any racial slurs or anything, because I, she... I don't know anything. No, I don't <laughs> think so. When she doesn't want to swear, when, when your grandparents don't want to swear and they don't want to say, you little bastard... <laughs> They'll say, your little get, or your little sod. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you don't really hear them very often, do you? Anymore. No, you don't. So, P.S. Morgan's an obnoxious sod. Yeah, and so is Arteta. <laughs> and I can't see him coming back to Goodison. Well, he is. I mean, if he hasn't settled in London and he wants to come back to Everton, he's done a cracking job in really endearing himself to the Evertonians since he left, hasn't he? Um, from one Spaniard to another, uh, it, news that is, uh, seems to be breaking today is that we have a deal, uh, we've agreed a deal with Barcelona in principle, which is like this word that this term that everyone seems to be using now. In principle, to take um, Delafeo on for an extra season loan, I'm sure you're going to be made up about that. Yes, oh joy! No, no, I'm not going to. You know, I am happy about it. In all honesty, um, you know, I've maybe criticised him a little bit on our Facebook page this week. I've been shouted at by a lot of people. I think... Um, I was criticised him purely on his recent displays and the fact that I don't think he's made the impact this season that I expect him to. However, I do think he'll get better as he gets older. I think he'll get better. And this is where I put out on our Facebook after you made the made said critical comments comparing them to the likes of Maggie Gay. That was tongue-in-cheek, though. <laughs> Tell a our lot, Facebook, a tell lot our of Facebook people. like likers that. Yeah, okay. They jumped on you straight away. Um, I, I, uh, I actually think I like Maggie Gay more. Nah, you don't. He's got a better song. He's got. Oh no, has he? Has well, he I don't know actually. Yeah, I don't know. There's just certain little attributes that I've talked about before with Delafeu that annoy me, like having his sleeves down over his hands. That's the worst. That you do like worst. his little wave though, don't you? When he's warming I, up, I love his wave. That's 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 my favourite part of the game. Like, so we get to see his little wave for another season. Now, I, I, to be what what my argument was is he's he's the, one of the most frustrating players I've seen at Goodison for a long time. But every game, yeah, he, I think he's exciting. I think he can produce something out of nothing. Um, whether he does or not is another matter, but it's exciting to see him do it or try it. And uh, so that's that's, that. that's my argument. The only it? thing is that with this deal in principle that's been announced, in today, principle, yeah, it seems a little bit too good to be true. They're going to let us have him for another yeah, season. They've wavered the fee. They don't want a fee because they they like the way he's progressed this season. The club and him are all happy. So fair play if he does. This news coincidentally comes. The day after Barcelona have had their transfer embargo lifted. So that's, that, that's, that's quite strange, isn't it? Strange, yeah. but uh, I don't believe in coincidences. I think there probably is some truth to the matter. And, you know, I do appreciate the fact that he waves to me at every game, so I'll be <laughs> happy to wave back to him next season. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, where are we? Oh, we, we didn't touch on, we, we went straight to transfers. We have a lot of doubts on, uh, on injury, injury doubts of the last three games of the season. One, Two for certain now that we know aren't going to make it, who we're possibly going to f- feature in those three games, are Morales and Traore. Who? Yeah, well, obviously, I wanted to do the second one you were going to say then, well, obviously, because Traore's been out for that long. But, uh, but the reason we kept him is because we thought he was going to have some kind of say in our running. I think I did say we wouldn't see him again this season all the way through, uh, and that's proved to be, be the case. Uh, Morales, obviously, as we alluded to in the recap of the Man United game, 
went off right towards the end of the game, looked serious, it was limping, and pretty much straight away the next day we found out that he's going to miss the rest of the season, which yeah. sounds ominous, but it's three games, isn't it? Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a nice little touch on social media. Um, he doesn't have a Twitter account, so Lukaku... We've got put- Big Rom. Big Rom to tweet for him. Yeah, put out on his behalf, you know, thanks, thanks for your support, and I'm gutted to be... Um, missing the last three games I'm paraphrasing here um, gutted to be missing the last three games of the season uh, I still hope we qualify for Champions League and see you all in 2014-15 season now he's going to get ready for the World Cup so exactly and hopefully uh, he'll be rehabbed and he'll be fit for the World Cup because he deserves it he does yeah he does uh, the Traore we all know the Belgium have got a decent little side Jana's eyes agreed to play for them in the World Cup now as well adding a little bit more firepower to them so Interesting World Cup for Kevin Morales, I think. Yes, uh, Traore. Uh, the news is coming out today. Roberto said that he's keen to keep him next season, and there are talks in place to take him on for uh, an, ex- an extra season loan. We haven't had, we haven't seen him yet, have we? So it, it. It, it'd be highly unfair to say no, we don't want him because but he's played 16 minutes for us. He scored, and he's got the best strike per minute ratio in the Premier League. The thing is, he's he's he's, he's a 19 million pounds new, new like this season signing, who we could possibly get for an extra a full season for nothing. For, you know, so it's got to be. We're guaranteed a European campaign of some description now next season, so we're going to need. A bigger squad. We're going to need four strikers. On I the just box. hope he's not the alternative to Lukaku. If we can't get Lukaku, I hope we can get no. Somebody will come in. Yeah. Uh, the final one. Uh, just before he still on injuries. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Distan. Distan. So we know Distan went off injured. We know he's going to miss the Southampton game because that news has come out this week. Um, we don't know how long this injury. I've is for. got it on good authority that he's going to miss the rest of the season. Yeah. So this this has come up with this has uh, brought a number of issues to light. Is like. Who is going to replace him, and that's it. Because we've found out that Jags isn't still isn't quite ready, even though he was meant to be ready two weeks ago to come back in. I think and just don't want to risk his World Cup. I think that's it, and it's it's you know what can you what, do? What such a good saving to the club, though. I mean, it's a t- it's a tough tough decision, and at the end of the day, it's probably down to the player as much but as anyone it's, else. It's tricky though, that though, isn't it? Because if he doesn't play in those three games, is he going to go to the World Cup? Without any kind of game behind him, I would have thought he would. Yeah, I definitely, definitely make the squad and improve his fitness once. He's what if there. Stones has a blinder in these three games? Well, he's going to jump above them. Um, <laughs> so it looks like probably a Stonesy Alcaraz centre half partnership, it, unless it, we go with Ibo. Yeah, well, I mean, there's been a few uh, suggestions. Maybe get Duffy back. I don't know if you can recall, can we? Was the fee paid? I mean, that's always the issue. We don't I don't know. know if you can this late in the season. I mean, it's possible. I'm guessing. Um, while we're on the injury front, I seen a thing that an interview with Arsene Wenger this week, and it really, oh, really yeah. annoyed me. Where he basically Arsene Wenger said about the the running for fourth, and he said, you know, we've been unlucky with injuries, and Everton don't get anywhere near as many injuries as we do. So I did a little list just before I tried to do a full team of injured players yeah, at we, the moment. We haven't got we haven't I, got a yeah, goalie I, out. Yeah, we haven't got a goalie, and I'm missing you know a defender and a midfielder, but. Basically, when you look through who we've got injured at the minute, Oviedo, Distan, Jags, Morales, Gibson, Pinar, Traore, Kone. Now, there's probably some sort of argument to say that all of those players on that list would either start in a full strength team or at least make the bench. We've had, but we've, I mean, we've lost players through the season as well, haven't we? Coleman was out for a period of time. Bainz was out for a period of time. Baines was out for a period of time. But I mean, even looking now, you know, that's. 
that's eight players who are out who would all be knocking on getting picked for these three games. So, and he's just talks out his ass, doesn't he, Arson? Wenger's really annoying me lately. He's, I've always quite liked Arson Wenger, but he's been a bit of a tit. <laughs> he's been a bit of a tit. <laughs> uh, where are we up to now? <laughs> oh, one one of those players though. We've seen miraculous videos of uh, Wolverine-like um, recovering ability uh, of Iedo. Have you seen the videos? That video seemed a bit like it was something of the Matrix. Was that ball on a string? No, it wasn't. It was two balls, wasn't it? it was... He was just like sat, right, he was on side, stepping and volleying it. Do you remember? Do you remember like when you used to in school in PE, you you have those crash mats? Yeah. He was on one of them. Yeah. So that's all automatically like a bit of a strange surface. Running in sand. Yeah, type to be playing setup. football. So yeah. he, was, he was running side to side on one of them. And low the tr- impact on his knee, obviously. I suppose, yeah. Um, low, the, the, the trainer was throwing the ball to him and he was volleying it back. But he had this weird Bane type mask on, wasn't it? So it's, it's Yeah. So like a trainer mask. Yeah, so it's it's uh, it's But the fact is he's running and kicking a football after having a double fracture and thinking like his complete his full season was over. There is now talk that he's back in training on Monday, as early as Monday. I I can seriously say at the World Cup, Costa Rica's first game, he runs on the pitch, he runs around crazy for twenty minutes, and then he just kills people. <laughs> <laughs> he's starting to turn into that sort of character for me, like some sort of psychotic demonic possession. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm serious. Yeah. All right. Wearing the bay mask on the pitch. Yeah, I like it. I think it's a good look for him. But st- sticking on Oviedo, and we talked about his support for the club, and again, uh, he's just... He's like Everton's biggest cheerleader, isn't he, on Twitter? Again, this week, he was like... Uh, he, was, he did a bit of Oviedo baby with a heart and stuff like that, because, you know, the, the crowd's still singing it at, at games. And um, also... We, we need to have an award at the end of the season where we have cheerleader of the season, and we, we're going to have to nominate Lukaku for doing his arms up at the Gladys Street that he was doing again against United, yeah. orchestrating the crowd. We're going to have to do Brian Oviedo for wearing the club shop and <laughs> constantly tweeting. Um, probably do t- nominate Tim Cale as well from abroad, because he's, oh, he's, doing, up a great job, he's he? doing a great job. Uh, and I'm also going to nominate Delafeu for constantly cheerleading about himself. <laughs> he's just posting... He just likes posting pictures of himself. Retweeting pictures of himself and posting, actually copying and pasting. And, um, and saying he's... It, He's magic himself. Yeah, I, I, I love it. Um, but Oviedo, again, and just saying, you know, hopefully we can get Champions League. And he's, he's out of the team. He's probably, like, thinking, probably feeling a little bit forgotten. And he's still just on it. And I, I, I just the Oviedo chance were there again against United. I just remember in his, his match-winning performance. Yeah, I love him. I think he's he's just a breath of fresh air in football, I think. And I, I just, I can't wait for him to be back next season. Um, so that's that's uh, the, the the injury news, uh, the transfer he, news. He won't be back if he made his people at the World Cup. That's you know a little bit light, uh, but we we've just got a little bit of we, we do this every now and again, a little bit of a, a more somber, uh, touching kind of um, moment on our podcast, which we don't we do every now and again, but um, it's it's, it's got to be mentioned um, today and tomorrow. We're recording on Thursday the twenty fourth, uh, tomorrow the twenty fifth. They mark the uh, seven and eight year respectively anniversary of the passing of two. Not only I put this on our Facebook today, not only Everton legends, but world football greats in uh, Alan Ball and Brian Lebone. Yeah, I mean it's not 
you know, in any way looking at this sadly. Uh, it's a more of a celebration so, of, yeah. you know, possibly the two greatest players to ever play for our club. Barley, definitely, and, and Labby is right up there. Certainly our greatest ever captain, you would say. Yeah. Uh, you know, and yeah, the club lost two giants within a year of each other, didn't they? And, you know, Alan Ball, a member oh, of the Not Better Just Better Hall of Fame. No, I don't know. Did, did we put Bawley in or did we ever get round? I think we were saving Bawley, weren't we? I think we... LeBone definitely went in. definitely went it, yeah. Um, and the, the relatively young age of 60... I think it was 61 and 66, or 62 and 66, and that's, you know... It always shocks me when footballers die at that age because you think they've led a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I said before, we, I, th- I think... Um, Alan Ball in particular, he had he did have health problems and he had uh, battles with cancer and stuff. Yeah. Um, and Lebone, I don't think did, and I think it was like quite quite a you know sudden kind of thing, and just really you know sad that they passed. And so I, I I put out on our Facebook, I, I we we do miss them. We miss them being associated with Everton Football Club and still being there and you know having says on match days and being involved. And um, but you know we miss them, but we celebrate them because I think they, they'd really enjoy. Seeing Everton under the Roberto Martinez era, as I well. think, uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, the part of, the part of our own name, not better. Obviously, that's a little bit of tongue in cheek. But the second part of the name, just better. I think nothing um, signifies that part those of it. Two do than those two, and the Neil Satis needs high off to him. Those two, and I think particularly this season, uh, I think Labby in particular would have loved to have watched John Stones. And I think Bawley would have loved to see James McCarthy. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. That would a nice little, uh, little nod back to back to those two players. Anyway, so yeah, continue to rest in peace, and that you know it's our little tribute, I suppose, to them. And that's the end of our news section. So we're gonna have a little look at uh, the social media side of things uh, in a sec when we come back. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, not bitter, just better. Or you can find us on Twitter at just better EFC. Right, so there's our links. So get in touch with us whenever. We, we, we do do this social media feedback section every week. Uh, and this We're already running late this week, so we needed probably a bit of a shorter social media section this week, and we've got a ridiculously short one probably. Well, it just so happens that what the questions I put out I thought would inspire and spark much debate. However, <laughs> they didn't. They seem to be uh, resounding kind of just either one-word answers or just a resounding landslide, um, you know, vote for one player in particular, really. Uh, and the first one was, uh, who is better, Gareth Barry or Darren Gibson? See, I was quite surprised that you thought this might be sort of a 50-50 type answer. Well, I was, you know, I've told you before about, I, I, I want to keep these questions quite short so that they also go to our Twitter followers and not just to the, to the Facebook group, because you have over 140 characters, it cuts half the question off. So, Michael, You're boring people now. Well, I'm just calling a spade a spade, you know, it's a fact of it. Um... So, I wanted to in- incorporate, you know, G- Gibson's age and also the record that we've only ever lost like like one game, one game with him in a t- in a team. So, and basically, Barry was brought in because Gibson was injured, wasn't he? So I thought these factors would 
like play into it and people read into this and like have more of a debate rather than just saying Gareth Barry, which everybody except like yeah, two I mean, people did. Barry's been superb this season, so I'm not. I, I definitely see. I'm definitely no. Not I know. I yeah. know. And and at the moment, everyone's going to say Barry, but Darren Gibson hasn't really had the chance to play in the system, has he? So who's to say if Gibson had been fit all season and had played games, he wouldn't have looked really good well, in the exactly. system and under and flourished under Roberto? Well, not just flourished under Roberto, flourished with James McCarthy as a partner. I think that would allow Barry to play. Uh, sorry, Gibson to play his game. He could pick off, pick off loose passes, spray the ball around, sh- drop off to to do, to do the uh, you know pick up the ball off Howard and lay it off. And his it, it's, it's, um, range of passing is pretty good. He'll have a dig from outside the box. So I, I you know, he's definitely got his merits, hasn't he? So. I really did think it would spark a little bit of debate, and the only real, I think nearly everybody, and we had like nearly 100 comments on it, uh, the, the only, there was like two or three who even mentioned that Gibson had a shot there. One of them was uh, Matthew Dave Thomas Herdman, that's, that's a lot of names. It's hard to comment really, Gibber was, ama- Gibber was amazing pre-season, would be a good player for us next year, me thinks it'll be nice to choose between them and have some extra cover in midfield. Um, Tony England went with the majority. He said that Barry, as he's playing at the moment, but if he goes back, Gibbo had the ability to step into his shoes. I wouldn't want either to leave our club. Um, a few people uh, have said uh, about Gibbo, Gibbo's injury problems, and he's made uh, you know he's made a glass. Uh, Paul David Dooley has said both are just as good. It's just who would you play with, Jimmy McCarthy? Uh, Jimmy O'Reilly, I liked his answer, which was, why are you asking Evertonians to compare one Everton player to another? They are both fucking great. Stop talking shit on this site. Yeah, he wasn't He wasn't very happy. He was, uh, he was uh, wondering why we weren't replying to uh, every question as well, uh, to every question they put to us and put our views on. Well, this is our views when we get to it. <laughs> yeah, apparently another comment from Jimmy O'Reilly who amused me through this thread... <laughs> All your people defining one from the other have properly never been to a game, you fucking muppets. Now, apparently, apparently you're not allowed to compare players. And if you do, you've never been to a match. That, that's, that's what Jimmy O'Reilly thinks. Um, These are not the views of our podcast. These are Jimmy O'Reilly's views. Uh, Michael Kevin Morales Hamilton Gibbo extremely underrated for what he brings to the team if he can get fit I look forward to his resurgence next season do you remember the record that we had we were unbeaten matches with Gibbo played I, it was up until basically either the second or, second or uh, last game of the last season uh, and when we lost that record or something yeah. like that anyway undefeatable Dan and Gibson um, I've got one from Jimmy O'Reilly uh, Wish I was having on here, because if I asked a question, I would answer your replies, but he spelt it replays, but it never happens on this stupid, fucked site, it's shite. Um, well, just just going on, to, just carrying on with Jimmy Riley, he says, oh, uh, whoever the admin prick is, um, don't ask questions. I wanted to, to do the Jimmy O'Reilly post. <laughs> Get your own post. Well, I just replied and said, we answer the questions on our podcast, Jim, and... Uh, he, he kind of I don't think he was getting the idea that this is a podcast question. He, he settled down. He settled down after that and said, "Okay, thanks. Evan, till I die." 
and and I'm sorry. So we we accept your apology, Jimmy. So what we learned from that question is that um, the majority of Etonians think that Barry is the better player, uh, but however they think Gibson still has to prove himself under Roberto. Uh, and the other thing we learned is that Johnny got terrorised by Jimmy O'Reilly. <laughs> I really did, yeah. <laughs> got terrored, lad. Terrored. I'm an admin. I'm an admin prick for not <laughs> answering the question. Well, I'm going to put my opinion uh, over now, and I, I, I think Barry is the better better uh, solution at the moment but he's 33 Gibson's just 25 he might be injured he might be uh, made of glass as people say he's our player and he's got eight years on Barry and we've only ever lost one game with him in the side so I don't think it was a 99.9% landslide as this vote would suggest can I just check out, are we allowed to compare players or not? Yeah, we are. Oh, that's good, okay. It'd be a short podcast if we weren't allowed to do it. Is my guy gay better than uh, Delafeo? <laughs> no. So, some, some. Oh, let me just find this question, actually. It was, um, uh, It'd be a short podcast if we weren't allowed to voice an opinion on players or compare them with anyone, wouldn't it? I, I really want to... <laughs> no one sees the moment when we compare Seamus Coleman to Messi or Stephen A. Smith to Pele. Dave Murphy, I think Dave Murphy listens, I'm not sure, uh, a fucking bollocks question, who's better, Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo or Peter Beagley, have a word, admin, with three exclamation marks, and that is... Ronaldo's bad, not in Beagley's league, That's is a bad question to ask me, because Peter Beagley was my favourite player growing up, <laughs> so it's all about the uh, triple somersault or whatever. Anyway. I reckon, I reckon Beagley had easily met Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah, but he all day. Yeah, he, yeah, he wouldn't do anything else. Anyway, yeah, uh, and then he'd try and do it again and again and again. Uh, the other question, uh, again, I thought it would spark a, a little bit of debate. And apparently, according to Dave Murphy, Murphy again, you know what thought did? What, what was the what was the other half of that? Uh, thought went out in the rain and <laughs> thought he pissed himself or something along the lines. Something along the lines of that. Um, the other one was uh, Morales looks like he's out for the season. Uh, well, you know, those three games. So, who comes in for them? And the three options I offered were Delafeo, McGeady, or Osman. And I think. I was scared at this point to decide not to compare any of them players. <laughs> yeah. There were, quite, there were a few sensible ones who said uh, Osman because he's got the experience. Uh, a lot of people, I think the majority said uh, Delafeo. A few people uh, have said. Mm. A few people have said McGeady because uh, they think. Uh, well, a few a few people think that people are down on McGeady, and you know a little bit negative about him. I don't think people are. Do you? I think Roberto might no, be I don't think just it, in the very. I don't in, think anybody's negative about him, uh, but I just think, you know, at the moment he tends to work better as a bit of an impact sub. I personally would probably start Osman and keep Delafeu and McGeady as. Impact subs. We all saw what happened the other week when against um, Crystal Palace when we started Morales, Delafeu, and McGeady. And then when we wanted to change it, we didn't really have a way of doing that. Yeah, uh, we've got some some similar kind of answers to that. Um, I think he'll drop Ross and bring in both Jerry and Ozzy. That's Will John Shaw. Uh, Nick Marsland start Aiden and bring Ozzy on around the hour mark because so, he's still good for 30 minutes. So no mention of Je- Delafeu on there at all. Um, but literally, I think I, I do think. Uh, actually, looking at it now, I think McGeady gets the most the, the nod. The nod. Well, yeah, I think the lad deserves probably a start and, and and give him a go. I think you know, whoever he brings in, it's going to be pretty much a certain level. 
You know, I don't think any of them stand out massively over any of the others. At the moment, I think Delafoe's in terrible form now. He can't even beat the first man with a cross. We've got a couple, a couple who, uh, again, I think this is going to be more realistic. Uh, it's, going, it's going to be dependent on the game, and Paul Jimenez agrees with that. Depends on opponents. Against Southampton, start Aussie and bring on Jerry for impact. Against City, I'd start Jerry. And against Hull, Osman on and start Jerry for impact. See, they're the type of listeners and comments we like. Intelligent, yeah. switched on blues. Uh, and the majority of Evertonians are very switched on. Um, unfortunately, there's idiots everywhere and we tend to get a few pop up on our page now and again. So sometimes we will throw things out on Facebook to spark debate. I seriously don't think that Delafeu can be compared with my guy Gay. Yeah. You know, my guy Gay is an abysmal footballer and Delafeu is probably one of the most promising talents talents in Europe. Um but we throw it out there a bit tongue in cheek uh, to get replies in. Um so just bear that in mind. Yes. Okay, so as you say, bit of a short social media section because basically my questions were rubbish. Yeah, we just got abused instead. <laughs> just abuse and one word answers. So uh what but you before we move on from it though. If it wasn't my site I'd probably abuse us though. Yeah, me too, yeah. Uh, so, your thoughts on who, who do you think will come in? Are you, would you, are you with, the, with the agreement that it will be a game-by-game uh, basis? Yeah, like I said, I think I will probably go with Osman to start games uh, and then, you know, have McGeady and Delafeu to, to come on and change games up if needed. Okay, cool. I, I think I think I'd start with McGeady. I've set, I've set oh, I'm gone, no. My guy gay. Yeah. I I think if he's going to bring Delafeu on, I want to see him give him more than five ten minutes. I want to see him get a full half hour at least, uh, and you know that's just that's just my opinion on it. But I'd start with McGeady because uh, it, it's more of a more of a like for like. I'd say winger for winger rather than bringing Osman in. I think you might have to shuffle the way you play a little bit there. If we start Delafeu, we don't get to see him wave. Oh no, we've got to see the wave. We've got to see the wave. Yeah. So. So the social media, you've got our links, get in touch with us. If you've got any like proper burning questions and, and you know that you want us to kind of address, it might be something that we can put out there and see people's opinions on. Just to clarify when we say burning questions, if it's about my pee burns, um, you know, and yeah, it's yeah, we, like that's unprotected, sex-related, that's not for us. Yeah. Ring NHS Direct. Okay, so that's another social media section wrapped up. And we're, our next section is... Uh, one of our favourite little bits uh, where we look ahead to the game at the weekend. Can we really have a favourite bit when we no, only have four bits? Well, I love yeah. all our bits the same. Yeah, it's like having a kid in it and saying that that's our favourite out of them all. And we want I'd say the social better. media section's the ginger, though. <laughs> it's just so difficult to manage. It? <laughs> yeah, anyway, back in a sec. I am Joe Plankston, not bitter, just better. Okay, so it's that time of the week again. Look ahead at our upcoming fixture. This time around, uh, an away trip to Southampton. Early kickoff on Saturday. Early kickoff, and it's a, it's a long, long trip. That for the Evertonians, the, the Blue Boys uh, going down. What there. time do they have to leave? Eleven in the night, or maybe, or two in the morning, maybe. No, I think the coaches, because it'll be quiet going down there. I think the coaches are leaving about four or five in the morning to try and get there for midday. So, well, you need to. Well, there won't be any bars open about 10, 10 in the morning, will there? No, I think the bar will be on the coach. Um, probably get people drinking from about six in the morning. Do you think? Yeah. Well, probably. They're or probably staying on it from the night staying before. Staying on it from the night before. No one, no one. The Blues away fans. Uh, I guarantee you that it'll, probably, it'll be a sellout down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though it's, it's you know, it's the furthest trip that the Blues can make. 
it's one of one of those games that I, I, you'd love you'd love to be down there again, but you know, work again in it. Yeah, work commitments. Uh, I'm, it's, it's just so far as well, isn't it? I mean, you're probably better flying down there, aren't you? Yeah. If you if you've got that foresight and booking in advance, but then you probably change the fixture around like they have done. We'd probably get probably end up getting in at one o'clock, one o'clock, and you move the kick back, kick off back to twelve forty five. Exactly, and you know. I'm hopeful to at some point visit every ground in the country, and I've never been to Southampton, so I need to get that sorted. Yeah, um, for, for, oh, forgot to say welcome to our YouTube listeners. Hello, YouTube. Oh, six here. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> um, so, Southampton eighth in the table at the moment. Yeah, um, you know, a few months ago they were probably hoping for a little bit higher than that. I would say they were well, right they were up there challenging with ourselves, yeah, pushing they? us before United we had that for great run form. They were and. The season, I suppose you could say, is probably tailed off a little bit for them towards the end. I mean, you look at the league now, and they're not really that many points ahead of the likes of Crystal Palace, are they? They're on 49 points. Points. Crystal Palace are on 43. So six points ahead of Palace. I mean, if someone had said, you know, that was going to happen in, I don't know, going back to January, you'd have laughed at them. I'm sure I heard, though, that eighth, if they managed to hold on to eighth, it would be the highest ever Premier League finish. Which you're, uh, you're probably right, yeah. Yeah, I you know, I that. mean, you know, even in, in the, the, the glory days of Southampton, if there were any in the Premiership like era, you know, are we talking when Matt like, Letitia used yeah. to just absolutely? They, they were still relegation past. candidates, weren't re- and like fodder for teams, really, weren't they? They did have Francis Benali at centre half, classic, great muzzy. <laughs> it was good muzzy. I'll give you that. Um, yes, but you know, a decent season for Southampton, who have been not a lot of good players. A lot of good players, great manager in Pochettino, who a lot of big clubs are now sniffing around. Including Man U? Including possibly Man United, this story's just broke just I before while we were recording the podcast. He's been manager there for, what, for, for what, season and a half, two years. He could already speak a little bit of English then. We know he can speak English now, but he still does his, um, his interviews and his post-match interviews in, in his Spanish, in, in, from Chile, is he's from Chile, isn't he? It's I thought Spanish. he was from Argentina. Is he? He might be chilly. Yeah, no, yeah, he was because he, he was, yeah, he's Argentinian. Cause he, I thought he, he was, yeah. He, was on the, he, he played against England, England and he in England, Argentina. Yeah. Um, so, was, wasn't he the one who brought Beckham down for the penalty? Yeah. The famous penalty. So it, it will be Spanish. Um, I think he Owen, does it. Owen down, he brought Owen down. I think he does it just to try and avoid certain media commitments. Yeah, could do. think, yeah, possibly. Yeah. Um, anyway, getting back to the game. So... Southampton's form has tailed off and probably that's highlighted, you know, best in the fact that they only got a nil-nil draw with Aston Villa last week. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, w- w- they might be looking to bounce back, but, um, you know, hopefully, we're, we're, we've got to be hoping that the season has just petered out and they're just like, waiting for the summer holidays to start. They were very unfortunate a couple of weeks ago to, to lose Rodriguez, who's had a cracking season for them, uh, scored a lot of goals. Uh, you know, the, the front three of Rodriguez, Lambert, and Lalana has been a breath of fresh air in the Premier League. I'm say. just looking at that team. You, you've got the, that, the team line up against Villa there. I think Boric is a good goalie. I think Shaw is probably second or third best behind Baines. Well, apparently not. Apparently, left- apparently he's the best left back in the country because if you watch Monday Night Football, they named their team of the season, which is voted for by the fans. Uh, and Seamus Coleman was voted in at right back. And then the left back was narrowed down to the last two people for the the public vote, which was Luke Shaw and Leighton Baines. And Luke Shaw got something like eighty three percent of the wow. vote. That's uh, must be red shade on it. I think it was. 
Um, it's little telly clappers in it. Yeah. Phone in one hand, remote in the other. Um, I think Lovren is a good defender. Font is like, like a bit of a like a traditional yard dog kind of defender. Good partnership though, Lovren yeah. and Fonte. Yeah. Klein's good right back. Yeah. Schneidlin's good. Ward Prowse is decent young player. Like pro- uh, he probably he's coming through with Shaw, isn't he? He's uh, quite versatile. Jordy's out on one yammer, I think. Yeah, I mean, since he came down from Celtic, didn't he? And he yeah, come yeah, from yeah. Celtic, big price tag. But coming down from Celtic, it's a bit, you know, it's, it's a big it's step up big in quality. Step up, yeah, definitely. Lalana obviously is, you know, he's as we said before, nominated for Player of the Year, full Player of the Year. He's still relatively young. He's going to be a set to be at the World Cup. Uh, I think he's a super, superstar in waiting, isn't he? And, he is, yeah. and, and Lambert up top. Uh, so going into the game, I expect pretty much the same team as probably what they put out against Villa. I can't think of any players who were really going to come in. Uh, and change that up too much with obviously Rodriguez still missing. Uh, my man to watch is going to be clearly the best left back in the world, Luke Shaw. Because if he's better than Leighton Baines, he's the best left back in the world as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, uh, okay, you can't argue with that. Uh, what does worry me slightly is Shaw does like to get forward. If we have maybe uh, our friend Gerard or Delafeu on the right hand side of midfield. He's not a big fan of tracking back, is he, Jerry? The thing is with that, you, I mean, looking at the way that's set up, it, it seems to be Lalana who drifts over that side as well. So if you've got the, that pairing of Lalana and Shaw coming down the left, you've just you've got Coleman. I'm not saying Col- we, Coleman has come on leaps and bounds as a defender as well as an attacking force, but you, you do need some cover over there. So what we talked about a little bit before, you might see Osman. Or, or McGeady. McGeady tracks back a little bit, but I think it's more likely to be Osman. I think it'll be a completely different game to Man United and the fact that I think our, you know, the way we'll go about defending is by keeping Shaw occupied, by having Coleman and Delafeu or McGeady or whoever it is playing on that side running at them. I think we'll be pretty much going at them and playing our possession game away down at Southampton rather than trying to hit them on the counter I, I think I'd I'd take we talked about the Sunderland game last week I'd take a crappy 90 minutes like that oh, I'd take, and, I'd and take an, the worst 1-0 ever against and, Southampton and an, an Oggy because a win away at Southampton is no mean feat and uh, we just got to we, we, we're playing we're playing for 9 points and 9 biggest points that you can think of because it could it could net us 30 million and it could Really catapult us into, you know, the forefront of world football. Not just you know Premier League football, but world football with these nine points, and this is the first step on that. And it is. I mean, if we used to stand any chance of qualifying for Europe, we do need to take maximum points, I think, cause, and hope that Arsenal slip up somewhere along the line. And we're the early kickoff, so we could really, really give ourselves a nice psychological advantage there. Both the next two games, both Southampton and City, we kick off before Arsenal, so we can heap pressure on them. Yeah, they'll be going into games in fifth, not fourth. So you know, psychologically, that gives Everton the advantage. Um, so we need to get the job done. Um, I expect us to go there and win. Uh, I, I'm, I'm starting to. I, I hate to say this, but I'm starting to think that Southampton haven't got anything to play for, uh, and therefore we can easily turn them over. And I'm going to say three-one to Everton. Well, in, in terms of our lineup, um, do you think I think it will be Alcaraz and Stones? Yeah, I think it will. I don't think Distan's going to make it from what I've been told. And Jags isn't going to make it. Jags is the one who could come in possibly. I don't know whether Roberto's just playing that card close to his chest, but you know he has. He's been out for a number of weeks now, and he hasn't even been on the bench. 
So Browning's going to step up to the bench again, do you think? I would have thought so. Okay, so uh, obviously the rest of the team kind of, you know, the rest, the rest of the defensive line picks itself. We said before for the, the non-YouTube listeners, uh, who's going to come in t- to replace Morales? Well, I think it's going to be, I would think it would be Osman. Yeah, so Osman, you think Barkley's going to keep his side, uh, keep his place in the side? You think Naismith will play in the hole this time and not lead the line? Yeah, and possibly, Lukaku, yeah. yeah I, th- I think that's the way he's going to go. Against the bigger teams, he'll play Lukaku on the right, Naismith up top, I think he will play. Naismith in the hole. No, I think it'll be Naismith on the right, Barkley, and then Osman going out towards the left and linking up with Bainsey. I, I don't think he'll go with Naismith out wide. I think... I think he, he's, he's, he's determined to keep him in the middle because I think he's, his positional play there is far better than it is out wide. In that case, then, I think you've got to be looking at Barkley on the bench. OK. So, But again, you know, we don't like to predict who he's going to pick as his three players in that hole because we always get it wrong. Yeah, it's just it's one of those. It's just he, he, keep, he, he keeps us guessing, keeps opposition managers guessing who know a million times more about football than us and have scouted every game. So, you know... I just hope whoever he picks over the 90 minutes does a job because Delafeo's come in and had 60 minutes and not done the biz at some points, but then had half an hour and has done the biz. So out of 90 minutes, we just want a whole team performance. And if not a performance, just a crappy, horrible 1-0 own goal like the Sunderland game a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I'll take that all day. Um, so, you know, safe journey to all the Blues going down there. Hopefully none of the coach drivers fall asleep at the wheel being that early in the morning. Uh, and, you know, hopefully no one has a bad pint on the way down there. Oh, those toilets will be bad. It's not a way coach all the way down there. The toilets will be full by about, I'm going to go is by the rocket on Queen's Drive. Yeah, I Yeah, you'll have that. So they've then got another, like, 300 miles with no toilet and stinky, eggy beer farts. It'd be, it, do you think it'd be, still be a boss journey with a win, with uh, the sing-song, or do you think it is just too far? I think it's massively far. I think... You, you will be. Song. I think you will be singing Roberto at the Dream all the way down there, non-stop for seven hours, though. On the way back, though, you've got time to have three hours of singing, a little bit of a power nap, and then get another three hours of singing in there. I think by the time the way back comes, everyone will just be too drunk to sing. I think there'll be people who can't actually speak. Yeah. Uh, but again, you know, the one thing I don't worry about when we go away is, you know, a loud support for the Blues, as ever. We'll sell out our allocation. Uh, we'll out-sing the home fans, we'll give the team every chance, uh, and there's no excuse really to, other than to go and get three points. Just wanna, just want to say, obviously, the Everton fans going down there supporting, just spare a thought for those who are watching at home, because it's going to be on BT Sport, isn't it? And we'll have to put up with the uh, the wonder the wonder, the wonder, kid of uh, commentary, uh, Michael Owen. Probably uh, have David James in the uh, studio. David James. Steve uh, McManaman. And, and, and from the Everton side of things, Joey Barton. <laughs> yeah, as <laughs> yeah. So spare the thought for us Blues and, um, you know, cheer on the Blues, bring back those three points. That's and... more depressing than like a 14-hour round. Isn't Thanks it? for bringing that up, Isn't I hadn't it? thought about it. I think it. I might watch it on WYSIWYG and... Uh... I think I might start walking to Southampton now instead of listening to them. <laughs> watch it on WYSIWYG or an American cha- channel with Warren Barton commentating instead. No, uh-huh, no, no. Don't, get, <laughs> don't get me started on Warren Barton. I've managed to go about... 30 weeks now without mentioning Warren Barton anyway yeah safe journey blues bring us back those three points and uh, thanks for listening on iTunes SoundCloud YouTube Podbean uh, subscribe 
Uh, follow us on SoundCloud. Spread the word amongst your mates. Share our links on Facebook and Twitter. Do it by word of mouth. And I'll stop with the uh, campaigning now. We've had loads of people asking us recently about what are we going to do over the summer. Podcast. Well, no, we haven't. No one's asked because no one's bothered. But we're going to tell you anyway. Uh, I'm open to keep it going. We'll maybe have one or two weeks off, do you think, possibly? Yeah, I think we'll have to have a week or two off. But just consistency you need. I mean, there might be smaller shows, but... We might do World Cup specials or World something. World Cup reports. We'll bring in any news. We'll obviously from Everton do... players from Everton Focus. Yeah, we'll we'll All do it from a, news. a blue point of view. Um, if anyone wants to pay to send us over to Brazil for the World Cup to cover the games live, then by all means feel free. I want to, I, I, especially I, the Brian Oviedo murder game. <laughs> I just do want to say though, um, you know, we do have some uh, some nice feedback. Uh, we have we have been a little bit inconsistent with the podcast. We, it used to be Thursday mornings. It's Thursday evening now. It's, it's going to be out. Last week it was Friday with me being away, um, and people say that they do generally like look forward to seeing it, and that's always a nice little uh, little surprise for us because it's just us waffling about Everton. Somebody actually thought it was our full time job today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers, Danny. Um, it just sound like that. You know, we worked that hard at it. <laughs> so nice one. We just make this up on the spot. It takes us about two hours. We just wing it. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks again. And catch you all next week. Come on, Blues.